How do you write a research paper? That's a pretty big discussion. Big enough, in fact, that it'll probably take more than one episode. Yeah, so let's start that process today on Surviving Seminary. Welcome to Surviving Seminary, where we try to offer you helpful, practical advice for your seminary journey. I'm your host, Jason Stark, and with me, as always, is Kevin Sutherland. Hello. Kevin, it has been forever since we've been sitting in this space. Yes, it kind of feels a little awkward right now. But uh... If you're listening at home, it doesn't seem that awkward. I mean, we've been putting out an episode once every four weeks or so, yep. but through the magic of canned recordings that we've had stockpiled, we have stretched out our supply of back recordings and have been able to provide you with something about every four weeks. Yeah. And so we haven't actually recorded since, I don't know, around September or October, I think. Right. Um, I had one recording, which was an interview that we did, and that was somewhere in the October yep. range. But other than that, you've been listening to us from the past. Yes. So it's like been it's been like time travel. Yes. But we're back. Yep. And uh, so we are going to start today with a suite of episodes about the process of writing a research paper. But before we do that, we do want to talk to you about some of the things that have been going on with us and our uh, our situations and how the podcast is has been and will be affected by it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, some of the things that have been going on uh, on my end, I... My wife had major shoulder surgery uh, to tighten up her shoulder. So that kind of put for about 12 weeks there, uh, all hands on deck dealing with that. And uh, about a month later, I had my comprehensive exams, which I thank the Lord passed. But those are the make yeah, it or break great. it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So that's the make it or break it with PhD uh, work because the dissertation is typically... Uh, you're well enough prepared if you've got a good mentor that you're not going to be too messed up with that. Um, there are times where that can happen, but it's just a lot easier to get knocked out of the program at the comprehensive level than it is on the dissertation. Um, and then my uncle had passed away in September and he didn't have a wife or kids and he left me the executor of his estate. So uh, dealing with that and figuring out the ins and outs of all the legal processes and whatnot has just been a lot of stuff on my plate, but it's starting to get a little bit freer. So that's why we're back. And we're back. Uh, but really, we also want to let you know that we're back for what we would consider a final season, if you will. This suite of episodes is going to be a big recording and producing extravaganza and we are going to be bringing Surviving Seminary after this suite of episodes to a close. Kevin, you want to tell a little bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, so with that also, uh, we just really feel like it's time for us to move uh, 
We're moving back to our home state of Oklahoma, and uh, I'm not moving. You yeah. and your family are moving. Yes. So Jason will still be here on uh, the Asbury Main Campus at Wilmore, Kentucky. But and we we have the ability in these days and age uh, with the technology that we could continue doing this from afar. But um, I'm not sure that I will have that kind of space at least for a year or so. So. We're just kind of bringing it close. We want to kind of close out with a bang. We have had a couple of people talk to us about, you know, wanting us to do something about the writing process. So we're going to kind of do these next several episodes and then we're going to close it out on a high note rather than slowly fading away into oblivion. Also uh, in that range of thought, uh, when we bring it to a close we may have some space restrictions on what podcast episodes we can still have up so we're going to kind of pick out uh, the ones that we feel are the most helpful and leave those available so there may be some of the ones that you've heard that we may not have available after uh, somewhere around you know June or somewhere whenever this whole ends yeah for sure I mean we we designed this show to be helpful to people and we want it to continue to be helpful to people, but the fact of the matter is, is that if we're not doing the show anymore actively, then we have to dial back our episode hosting, and when we go back to the free option with our media hosting, then there's only so much that we can include on the website that we have. And so we're going to have to pick and choose. If we get rid of an episode that you love, I'm sorry to, sorry to do that to you, but... Uh, we will have good content still up mm-hmm. uh, even after we are done. So that's that's everything on the announcement side. And with that, know that this episode is probably a little longer than the other episodes that are going to be coming out after this. We wanted to get some of that stuff out of the way before we got into everything about this writing suite. But these episodes are probably going to be somewhere in the... 15 to 20 minute range, short and sweet. One aspect of the writing of a research paper, one aspect of that at a time. Yep. So speaking of that, you know, research papers are pretty much unavoidable when you get into the seminary level. You may have somehow been able to skirt it, but I think even as an undergraduate, you're going to have to write some kind of papers or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And occasionally you have to write what you could probably call like a reflection paper or something where you don't really have to do much researching or accessing of secondary sources. And those are always nice to uh, be able to just reflect on things and, and crank out something that is more personal to you. But a lot of times instead you have to be able to write a paper where you are arguing a particular argument that you have and you're basing your argument out of research that you've done in secondary material, secondary sources, and you are entering into that research conversation. And that's what a research paper really is. And it takes a lot of steps. Yep. There's a lot that's going on in when you're writing a research paper that has to be done right or it's going to undercut the quality of your paper. Mm-hmm. There's a model for this that's in my mind that when it comes to writing a research paper, one way to think about this is if you think of a pyramid. So you think of a pyramid, you look toward the bottom end of the pyramid, it's very wide, and you look up at the top of the pyramid, it's very narrow. 
And so there's a couple ways that I think about this. On the one hand, you can think of the lower levels of the pyramid as the parts of this process that are arguably more important. They're more foundational. And if you were to take out one of these levels, suddenly your your pyramid, or in this case, your research paper, is a lot less stable. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot, it has a lot less fortitude to it. So the lower levels are what we're going to be talking about first. The foundational, critically important things that have to go into the writing of a paper. Yeah. And so uh, it's kind of counterintuitive because the part that everybody tends to look at is that cool top part, which in this model might be your actual research paper, final draft, looking pretty with an A plus and glowing comments from your professor, but you can't get there without these lower steps. You know, the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. you know, the big black pyramid Mm -hmm. shaped hotel with the the shining like tippy top spotlight thing that shoots right. up in the sky. Yes. Yeah. That very top right there. That's your finished paper. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes. And it shines up into the night sky and, and everybody loves the sight of it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot underneath that that has to happen first. The other aspect of this model, not only are those lower levels arguably more important in the process, but also, I would say they generally are parts that take longer to complete. Yep. And so in the same way that we can look at these lower levels as thicker in terms of their importance, they're also thicker in the time investment that they take. So that's another way to look at it. The top levels take probably, probably anyway, less and less time. That mm-hmm. is, if you finished these, those, those lower level I say lower level, like, it, it, but that can be confusing. Right. I mean, like in terms of the model, um, but the if, foundational levels. There we go. There you go. If you do it right uh, on the beginning steps and in mm-hmm. the foundational steps, then hopefully, theoretically, the higher up, later in the process stuff will take a shorter time. So we're trying to describe a flow here. Although we do want to acknowledge that not every step that we are going to talk about in this process is going to be purely sequential. Yes, it's so. just theoretically. There will be times where you're going back to a lower stage, even though you've progressed to a higher stage. Yeah. And so um, we're going to be doing these episodes talking about these steps. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully each episode will cover one to two aspects of the process. And we're going to be covering one aspect of the process, what we would consider the most foundational aspect of that process today. And as we move through, we are going to be referencing a lot out of a book that is very important around our advanced research program circles called The Craft of Research. Yes. You want to talk about that book a little bit, Kevin? Well, it's it's actually I've I got exposed to it when I was an undergrad way back in the Stone Age around the beginning of the 21st century but uh it's it and it was very helpful when we had to read through it uh even an undergrad and it's just continued to be an amazing resource that was like the second edition and now we're in the fourth edition on this craft of research because all three of the original um author editors have now passed on and there are two new folks carrying on the mantle, but uh, it's just a really it's it's for any kind of research. It's not just uh, 
you know, something you would find in seminary, but any uh, person with any kind of a research degree would probably find it very helpful. One of the things, though, that we're not going to find in there is what Jason and I uh, really feel is the true foundation of any research project, and that's prayer and devotion. Yeah, this is Surviving Seminary, right? Yeah. We really appreciate the book, The Craft of Research, but, I mean, it's coming out of a secular environment. It's not intended for people who are in the midst of theological, biblical education, mm-hmm. and so they're not going to include that in their in their work, but we are. Yes. And so seminary is way more than education and grades. Mm-hmm. It is those things, um, but it's much more. We go to seminary because we feel a call placed upon our lives in some way, shape, or form. That might be for vocational ministry. That might be for education. It could be for a number of things, but God has called us, and that's why we have come to seminary to pursue that call. Seminary is intended to equip and prepare ministers, scholars, etc., to glorify God and for God to be glorified in the process of preparation as well. Yeah. Um, the other fact about that is that God cares way more about your research than you do. Um, God uh, wants you to speak truth and to further the truth. In fact, you know, St. Augustine, um, Augustine has a section where he's talking about uh, how Christians can glean wisdom even and truth even from pagan writings because um, all truth is God's truth. That's a paraphrase of what he's saying there, but if you've ever heard someone say all, God, all truth is God's truth, they're kind of basing it off of that passage in St. Augustine. In as much as something in this world, in this universe, is true, yes. in as much as it is actually true, it, it is a truth that belongs to God. Yes. And so... Um, when it comes to prayer and devotion as a part of the writing process, that takes a lot of forms. So let's break this down a little bit and talk about some of the specific ways in which prayer and devotion becomes part of the writing process. And a first one, we've already kind of hinted at it, but a first one is really the potential for this paper that you're going to write to be in itself an act of worship. Yeah. I mean, there have been many times where I have um, got more of a sense of nearness with God and God's good pleasure on my life in the midst of a paper if I've got it centered and it's about him and his kingdom and the truth coming out rather than my own vainglory and uh, pride and arrogance. Absolutely. When you feel like you're really discovering something through your research— as you're looking at what is in the Bible and coming to conclusions about it, again, it's not just about you having the mental prowess or the creativity or cleverness to come up with that. It's the fact that something important is being revealed to you. Yeah. And that can be a mind-blowing, heartwarming moment when you feel like something really important is, is coming out of this research that that actually the payoff is drawing you closer to God and really potentially can draw other people closer to God too. Yeah, and I can see that happening in lot, lots of other, you know, seminary-related degrees that are outside of the Bible. I imagine, you know, like 
uh, counseling or psychology students that maybe feel like they've got some new insight into how people work, you know, that can be a very like uplifting and, uh, like if you're, if your heart is to glorify God, that can be a moment where your heart just is like, wow, this is awesome. Or even like the medical field. Yeah. If you're coming up with and coming upon discoveries that are really important and significant for mm-hmm. people's health, then that can be a moment in which you realize that you can theoretically be physically ministering to people's needs and and God is a part of that too. Yeah. And the other side of that is to make sure that we treat every paper that we're assigned, even though there's that like dread that can often accompany like the idea that I have three papers that are due this semester and they're all due around the same time is really taking this aspect of this as a act of worship to God can help alleviate some of that dread and can make you want to put in your best effort towards that. And so when it comes to any of these aspects of prayer and devotion within the process, it's important to be frequently turning to prayer, frequently turning to God to to ask for that to be a reality in the process. And I say this as someone who needs to do it better and more frequently, but I it's 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 a reality that frequent turning to God in the process is essential. Yeah, and I mean, I've told it before, but one of my professors here who is a prolific author um, and writes a ton of stuff. Um, some of his TAs that like would go on conferences on whatnot would be roommates with him and just be watching him and he'll be sitting there and he'll be typing furiously and then he'll get up and walk around and have to kind of get his mind recentered and pray and whatnot. And then he'll come back and type furiously back on that. And so this is definitely one of those steps that it's a foundational element and it should initiate your writing process, but it should continue on throughout the whole process. Right. Another way that prayer and devotion can be integrated into your process of writing a research paper is really to get down to more specifics, the question of what will you write about? Mm -hmm. What is your topic going to be? Because again, this is not just a matter of your creativity and your ideas and your horsepower. We rely on God for everything, whether we realize it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, we rely on God for everything. Yeah. And so why not be intentional about acknowledging that and lean into that and ask God for help? If you don't know what to write about, and if you have a lot of leeway with your subject matter and with the potential topics that you can write about and you're stressed about it, go to God. Mm-hmm. Because he cares about what you're doing. He cares about your calling, and he wants to further his work through your calling. So come to God and ask, and and you will you will receive an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's also with focusing it on what God wants out of the paper as well is I think an important thing to be conscious about. Um, and when you're praying, specifically asking, not just what can I do that will get the best grade for me? But God, what is going to further your kingdom more? What is going to potentially change my life or someone else's life by my paper? Um, and so that may that may lead you down a different road than maybe what your first instinct was if you're really open to letting God 
do what he wants to do through your paper. And I think also being open to, how do I want to word this? I feel like as someone who is in the midst of Old Testament studies, sometimes, depending on the nature of the research and the nature of the methods under consideration, it can be really hard to envision the ways in which the research and the end product are going to be helpful to people. Right. Sometimes it just feels like it's so in the weeds and obscure. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, it seems like sometimes New Testament studies offers a lot of quicker, like devotional, heartfelt payoff. I don't know if I'm just misunderstanding that. I probably am. No, I mean, I think it's a reality for the field because with the Old Testament, there's like with the New Testament, there's only, you know, a hundred year or so span from when Jesus walked to when the last book was written. Whereas in the Old Testament, you're covering thousands of years. So a lot of scholars have spent a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, when certain books were written and what periods were they written in and what was the period like. And it's, you know, just from all that and a lot of that information may not be readily transferable to other people that are not academics themselves in the Old Testament field. And so to bring it around, thank you for helping me process that out a little bit. But I think what that makes me realize is that when it comes to prayer and devotion as part of the process, I need to give over to God my fear that there will not be payoff for people Mm. in this. My fear that it's not going to be relevant, at least it's not going to be relevant in a way that's transformational to people. Mm-hmm. I think that there are plenty of ways to be relevant in terms of important research findings and furthering research fields and things like that. Yeah. But really, a paper that is uplifting and formational for people. And so if you have the fear either that you won't know what to write about or you have the fear that your work isn't going to be significant and it's not going to be formational to people. I say significant, that can that can go down a wrong way, like, right. you know, oh, I'm afraid that nobody's going to notice me or nobody's going to think that my paper is good. Nobody's going to think that I'm a good researcher. That's not yeah. what I mean. But if you're afraid that your paper is not going to be impactful for the, pe- for the sake of people, then turn to God because yeah. he wants to be impactful upon people's lives mm-hmm. and he wants to do it through your work. Yeah. And so I think that kind of bridges into our next thing we were talking about with ethics, because if this is something that we're doing for God, then we should be wholehearted about that and not be happy with putting in less than our best effort. Um, and so some other aspects of ethics that that might hit upon as well would be the fact of plagiarism and intellectual honesty with all that. So what do you have anything you want to say about that, Jason? It's you can be under the gun sometimes and you've got deadlines coming up. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the stress of the paper and there's going to, there's always going to be stress when it comes to these kinds of assignments. And to a certain degree, that's healthy mm-hmm. because it helps us grow. It helps us develop in our work and in our craft and everything. But sometimes when that stress begins to overtake us mentally or emotionally or spiritually, then it can become tempting to cut corners. Yeah. And it can become tempting to become uh, 
it can become tempting to sacrifice our our honesty a little bit for the sake of getting something done. And in really bad cases, that can lead to not citing important research, um, claiming things as one's own when they're not, when those things are not your own, uh, your, not your own work. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to feel like your paper isn't going to be used and, uh, you know, it can be feel like tempting to say this is just one little assignment and if I, you know, cut some corners and use a lot more of this person's research than I let on, um, then it won't be a big deal. But there have been cases where, you know, I've had a professor use some of my own writing to use for their research. And at those moments, I'm like, so like seriously scared because I'm like, now I'm putting the research, the reputation of another scholar on the line if what I have done is not fully up to the task. And so if I am using someone else's material or whatnot, not only could that mess up my reputation, but it could mess up other scholars that might be using my research or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, that happens even if you feel like you've had, you've been operating according to the best integrity that you can. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I've ever plagiarized, but the the reality of unintentional plagiarism is very high. And so always, always, always taking those extra steps to make sure that you're on the up and up and you're citing everybody that you use. Those are absolutely critical aspects. And that's really damaging to your spiritual life uh, and your spiritual community. If you come out, we had... I've said it some in previous podcasts, but a few years ago we had several major commentaries come under fire for plagiarism. And I can't imagine, you know, if I was the person and having to face my church after, you know, a publisher just withdrawn my commentary and then my church is kind of like scandalized about that or whatnot. And so when it comes to the practical Applications for this, for you, as you are entering into needing to write a research paper, remember, God sees your work. We've been talking about some of the more encouraging aspects of how God wants you to succeed. He wants you to, he wants to further his work through your calling, all of this. But we also have to acknowledge that God sees our work and we cannot, um, we cannot hide from him if we are cutting corners we can't hide from him if we are stealing people's ideas and research. Mm-mm. And so we must live with integrity because it, it is toxic to the process spiritually and formationally for us when we don't live and write in an ethical manner. So the last thing we were wanting to talk about is the the fact that prayer and devotion to God can help keep you centered. Um and it it can help you not focus on the paper to the detriment of y- the rest of your life. Um, if you're in seminary, you're uh, there's a good chance that you might be married or have a family um, and whatnot. And those people are important, and they are part of your vocation as well. Uh, they are part of what God has put you in the kingdom for as well, is to tend to them and to love on them and other people in your community, your friends, all of those things. Um, so even from a, a secular 
uh, standpoint, Cal Newport in his book, uh, Deep Work, talks about the fact that we can only tend to get about four hours of work done at a time. Um, he, you know, his whole purpose is to get you to do your best work by working four hours focused and undistracted or so, but you, you really can't focus much more than about four hours. And he talks about the fact that even, you know, your regular nine to five job people, they only tend to get about four hours of work done anyways. But that to say that even, even our own nature cannot, uh, focus on a paper all, uh, all at once, all the time, no stopping for anything else. And I won't say that, that God will never call you to a time to a short term when you need to push yourself and your work needs to be pushed forward. And sometimes that might come at the expense of a little extra time working on it. Uh, maybe a little bit of extra sleep lost in some cases. I'm not going to say that can never happen, mm-hmm. but given our frailty, given our, um, given our humanity, we have limits and it's not I, I would go out on a limb to say that God does not desire for you to be working, 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 working on your on your paper right. until you run yourself and your relationships into the ground. Yep. Again, we're talking about how God cares about your work. God cares about what you are producing for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of his purposes. But God cares about you just you yourself. And so that means that God wants us to take care of ourselves and and stay centered as far as our ability to go, how long we can go, and also stay centered to make sure that the paper or whatever the assignment is, but we're talking about research papers, to make sure that the paper doesn't become this all-encompassing thing, especially with the pressure of grades and due dates. Mm -hmm. Assignments can start to become the center point, the focal point of our life. Right. And as much as God cares about your work, God cares about his relationship with you even more. He's at the center. He's Mm -hmm. the focal point of life. And so prayer and devotion within this process can can keep that as the as the as the clear picture as the clear ideal for how you're supposed to operate while you're in seminary definitely and so how do we how do we do this how do we implement um we've talked about a lot of different categories of how prayer and devotion are important to the process of writing a research paper um i suggest that you that when you're sitting down working in any aspect of the research writing process that you ca- you occasionally take a break you step back from it and you pray about it you ask god how is this going how's this going for me how's it going for the topic how's it going for what you want to do with it and trust that god is going to answer trust that god is going to guide you and and bring you and the assignment along to where to where he wants it to go as you give yourself over to him. So that's about the end of the episode for us uh, this time. And we appreciate you uh, all listening out there in podcast land. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so most easily through our Facebook page, Surviving Seminary Podcast. You can send us a direct message there. You can also see links to our email And you can also see links to our media hosting page at Podbean, through which we do our media hosting. 
And that was redundant. Um, We encourage you to subscribe. You can subscribe pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that this has been valuable to you, and we hope you come back and listen next time. See you later. Bye-bye.